welcome back to the Reflections nope. Podcast, everybody. Nope. No, we're no. not doing that. Wait, wait, no. I, can, I can. I have no access. What is this? <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like there wasn't a sound check. There was nothing. Like I was sitting here reading over notes. And welcome to Film Sake. Like what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, let's go with we're here now. We're here now. <laughs> Shut that shit down immediately. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Welcome back to the Film Site Podcast, everybody. My name is Brandon Chi, and I'm here with Chris Lucky. Who did not get a sound check? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it, it may That's be good. It. It'll be fine. It'll be <laughs> anyway, today we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be talking about Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Uh, great fucking movie. Before we do any of that, let's do the catch up. Uh, the catch up, the yeah. mustard, the relish, the condiments, all of the condiments. The I, I went to Arby's mm-hmm. yesterday, and I they have this really good horseradish sauce that they call it horsey sauce. Which horsey first of sauce. all, the name makes me really uncomfortable to eat. All right, um, but it's fucking delicious. It tastes like like American wasabi because they're made from the same shit. But oh well, yeah, it's fucking delicious. Ar- Arby's, I don't know how they're still in business. I, neither do I. You I'll know, be honest with you. They have really good fries. No, the fries are good. I mean, their food. It's not their food is, is pretty good. You know, but it's well, the food is kind of good. You know, like I like the right. roast beef sandwiches, like the, a little bit of sauce that you can put on there and everything. But the thing is, is like think of any other like chain restaurant, like a McDonald's. They're mm-hmm. like, hold on, McDonald's is getting pretty successful. We need to do something <laughs> to compete with that. So they're like, oh, Burger King, Wendy's, you know, or like um, <laughs> iPhone. iPhone is getting pretty successful. We need some competition for that. All right, Samsung. Android, yeah. You know, all, all these right, like um, but then you see Arby's, like Arby's is uh you know what just no yeah. <laughs> like we're not they're, they're not popular enough to need any other competition there are no other roast beef fast food chains that are popping up <laughs> i feel like like arby's is in that mid-level celebrity of fast food like yeah. with some like jack in the box and mm. sonic and arby's are on the same level mm-hmm. it's just like but arby's is just like arby's is getting pretty good <laughs> so what? guess guess it's gonna be pretty good now that's just I it guess, yeah, yeah. Just stay kind of no big. one's concerned with no. fighting for Arby, Arby's burgers. Nah. <laughs> Them curly sandwiches. fries are lit, though. Curly oh, fries are fucking lit. So fucking they have lit. a bowl where you just put curly fries and like melted cheese and like ranch on them. Mm. And I thought it was going to be disgusting because ranch is yeah. fucking delicious. It's you don't like so ranch? Uh, well, I like ranch in specific contexts. Ah. It's, it's a contextual condiment. Mm. And... Uh, so a lot of people put ranch on a lot of bullshit that doesn't deserve it. Mm. Uh, fuck that. Don't put ranch in your sandwiches. What the fuck is that? Uh, ham and ranch? Why? Why? Why do, why do we need that? I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a ranch fan. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe ranch should go on anything. Oh, so, oh. So like, <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> like, what? Don't, don't put it on anything. I think it's a very contextual condiment, and it should be reserved for, like, special occasions, like a fucking salad, I think a that's, of broccoli. That's like most food. Most food is kind of pretty contextual. Like, you don't, you, yeah. don't want, you don't want cheese on your, on your, um, your green beans. I mean, I don't know about that. I, Do I, you? I put cheese in a lot of shit. Have you really? Like, I'm, I'm yeah. a cheese freak. Like, yeah. my, 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 here's a question. I, I don't know if this might be too heavy of a question. Mm-hmm. But, um, all right. So, um, I don't know if this might be too heavy. <laughs> yeah. Go but, on. Um, like, last night, my girlfriend asked me, she was like, what is the most, um, the, what, what brings you the most happiness about being alive? The most happiness about yeah. being alive? And it's like, what do you think <laughs> about the most, like, on a day-to-day basis? And I was like, cheese. That's the first thing I think about. You know, it's cheese. That's what brings me the the utmost happiness. All kinds of cheese. So you know, it's like if I if I died and then you had to explain to like some some uh, being that had never like ex- experienced existence, yeah. you'd be like, okay, this is a good thing about it. Like you could say food, but it's just not all food isn't my favorite thing. But cheese right. specifically, cheese, or like a uh, the the feeling of being inside of an ocean, or you know, something like that. But what would be your thing if if you had to explain to someone that has never experienced existence? See, there's this thing on Earth. It, it, it's called milk, and mm-hmm. then and then you just let it get old for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you melt it, and yes. it's fucking delicious. Yes, <laughs> I feel like that's how we explain cheese to someone. It's mm. like it's cow milk that, I've, that has gone off. Yeah, and people sell it to you. <laughs> no, well, you no, shove it in your mouth. No, I understand, I understand what cheese is. Yeah, I'm no, not, no. But I like I love explaining like the idea oh, okay, of explaining yeah, yeah. cheese to somebody. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Because yeah. what the fuck is cheese, really? There were, there's an episode of uh, Star Trek I was watching. I know I've been talking about Star Trek a lot lately. But, um, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek. I have. There's an episode of Star Trek where um, you know, we go off to different kind of planets and different galaxies. So um, a guy, Trip Tucker, is trying to explain what a marshmallow is to a lady that's never <laughs> seen a marshmallow. He's like, well, it's just sugar and... Uh, 
Just, just sugar. <laughs> it's sugar. It's like, what need would you have for marshmallows anywhere else except for our, our fat-ass planet of Earth <laughs> to have you marshmallows? You introduce alien species to s'mores, s'mores, and then you watch them all get some form of alien diabetes, yeah. and then Multiple you put s'mores. a flag on their fucking council. And, and we you own you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we own you. You open up a Starbucks and you make marshmallow drinks, and then that's it. Yeah. That's all you do. That's how, that's how you conquer planets. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but would you have anything, though, would you, that you could think of? Uh, like, the thing that brings me the most happiness? Yeah. I want to say something sweet, like interpersonal relationships mm. or, like, really close friendships, ah, which to some degree... That's, that's good. They do. That's good. But honestly... If I'm being like, like the thing that I wake up about yeah, and I go, fuck, I'm awake. And then the next thought makes me not feel that way. It's yeah. my cat. cat. It's okay. my cat. It's okay. cats. All right. <laughs> Every morning I wake up and I'm like, fuck, I'm awake. Yeah. And then I go like, oh, fuck, where's my cat? I got to feed him. Oh. And then it immediately makes me feel way less I think <laughs> stressed that, out I, about I think things. somebody could uh, could get some happiness from that. They, yeah, yeah. Somebody could glean happiness from, from a cat. Yeah, you know, you like if you're for somebody that has never existed and they'd be like, all right, this is your first taste of existence. And like I give them a cube of like excellent cheese and they let that melt in their mouth. They're like, wow, great. And you bring them like a nice fluffy cat and it's purring and they're getting to pet it and everything. They're like, wow, this like I think they'll, yeah. they'll glean I'll happiness the from this. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had talking about cheeses. I had something called champagne cheese. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking delicious. Oh yeah, it's very Excuse good. Me. I'm drinking coffee, so I'm gonna be burpy. Mm. Deal with it. It's fucking nine thirty in the morning. All right. Uh, not to you. That was just. You know, I, lo- I know. I looked you in the eye when yeah, I said that. Yeah, it was like deal with my my burps but. as I drink this coffee. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Uh, champagne cheese is fucking delicious. Yeah. And I've gotten to the point in my life mm. where I know how to make a fucking steak. Nice. And it's it's amazing. What's your favorite steak? Uh, ribeye. Same. Ribeye steak. Same. Uh, I like ribeyes. I also enjoy porterhouse because they're essentially mm. a New York strip with extra meat. Yep. Uh, but ribeyes, man, it just it just fucking melts so yes. nicely on the pan, and you bite it, and it's just like mm. fuck yeah. Have you had a blackened ribeye? Uh, no, I don't like blackened stuff oh. because I like my seasoning to be like well balanced, mm. and every everywhere I go to get blackened, they overpower. Anything, yeah. They fuck it up. Yep. Which is, I guess, it's, that's part of the recipe. But kind of is, yeah. yeah. Like I, the only only place I go to get it blackened is um is TGI Fridays. They'll they'll blacken it, but then they have this uh, Jack Daniel steak sauce, mm. which is like very pineapple-y sweet type of stuff. So it's so like it kind of balances out. Yeah, it balances it out. With See, it. here's my thing about meat. Like mm. I will eat a lot of meat mm. in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But if I'm getting a steak, don't mm. faff it up. You just want a steak. Don't just. just I want steak. a fucking steak. Mm. Just put the meat, put salt on it, salt pepper, pepper. Yep. maybe Flip a little it. bit of garlic powder, and then you put it on heat for mm. like three minutes. That's all I want. And bring it back. That's all I want. <laughs> That's all I fucking want. Don't bring me like barbecue sauce or whatever the fuck. Mm. I just, like steak sauce, steak sauce is bullshit. If you get the steak sauce well, somewhere, you're getting the wrong steak. It's, it's, it's if, you, if you have like a sophisticated palate and mm. understand what good food is. <laughs> Steak sauce is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, like seriously, like, yeah. you, like for, for somebody that under that has a sophisticated palate, like you say, okay, take a good piece of steak, put it on the heat, salt, pepper, flip it after a few minutes, bring it to yeah. me, and then that is how you eat a steak. Especially if you get a ribeye, because yeah. all the fat in the ribeye is what gives it the flavor, mm-hmm. and that's fucking. T- yes, but so but good. for like the yeah. the other part of the population that that doesn't um, experience food that way, like you have to burn that shit. Yeah. You have you have to have some kind of sauce. <laughs> like I can't I can't eat a steak. Like if I cut into a steak and then there's like a red juice coming out of it. I'm not doing it. Really? Just not even doing it. Oh, that's a tasty. Part. I, exactly. I know, and, and I, yeah. I understand that. I yeah. mean, it's just like like I, the the only comparisons I have to it is just like watching watching movies with my friends that don't watch movies all the time, and they're telling me these are the good movies, and I'm right. like, yeah, McDonald's is all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, McDonald's alright. They, they don't understand that, you know. But it's like, what am I gonna say to them? Like, fuck. I right. guess you're right. It's like you yeah. have no place in the conversation. Is what you're saying. Exactly. I have no reason to be like, no, like your, your opinion is wrong or right. But like, I know that your opinion is right. Like, the sophisticated palates of the world have let me know that you guys are right. But I'm just like, well, I like McDonald's. So I mean, quarter pounders are tasty. Yeah. Uh, I watched a movie called The Neon Demon. Yeah, Neon Demon. Yeah. Which uh, Devin recommended us to us like yeah. pretty heavily when it first came out. Oh, yeah. That movie was trash. Was it really? <laughs> I fucking hated wow. every second of that. Jonathan fucking recommended that movie God, too? That, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, and man. I think you'll know exactly why I hated it if mm-hmm. you watch it. If you All watch right. the first like 15 minutes of this movie, mm-hmm. you'll, see, you'll sit there and you'll go like, oh, that's what Brian hates it. Oh, wow. It is pretentious cinema, fluffy, art house bullshit. Mm. The entire time. It is flash without substance, Mm. and it is boring and dry 
and it really makes no sense. Hmm. It speaks very ill of like female homosexual relationships hmm. at its core fundamental level. Okay. It's offensive. I know the themes that it's going for. Yeah. I know why the movie is made and what Nicholas Yeesh. Winding Ref wanted to say about it. Yeah. Movie makes me so fucking mad. Like so fucking mad. I'm I'm going to I don't it's, see like I I haven't been able to whenever you're excited about a movie then we we don't necessarily have the same opinions about things that you do like but right. things that you like hate like I've pretty much been on the same train with right. you. Yeah. The la- the last time <laughs> you you came to me with one of one of these this movie is absolute garbage was uh, Passengers. Yep. And, and then after after yeah <laughs> like you, you were heated up about Passengers. Oh. About so how mad. bad that was, so and so mad. I'm like, you, your, your passion about this movie is so intense that I have to go see Passengers now, and I and I left it feeling the exact same way. Yeah. So like, I, I kind of want to see Neon Demon now just to I, see. I have where... the DVD. <laughs> I have the fucking DVD. You're welcome to take that shit home with you today. Oh no. I hated the fuck out of that movie. Yeah. And it's not like. Ah, fuck. And I like Drive, which is the same director. Yes, I that. really, really like Drive. Yeah. So I thought, oh, okay, it's Nicholas Winding Ref. Mm-hmm. Eh, he'll be fine, yeah. right? No, fuck. It's like he took a page out of Lars von Trier's book mm-hmm. and decided to make this fucking movie, which I doesn't like Lars von Trier's work either. Oh, yeah. So it's just, it's, it's just faffy, mm-hmm. pretentious, gorgeous cinematography, okay. gorgeous imagery right. with nothing to back it up. That it's sucks. boring, bland. Mm-hmm. And has no business being a movie, in my opinion. It's, it's, it reminds me of like a beautiful woman that has nothing to talk about. Kind of. You know, yeah. like, it's just like she's she's beautiful, but she has nothing underneath the exterior. It's just dead behind the eyes. Yeah, yeah. J- just pretty. It's good to look at, but mm-hmm. there's, there's nothing there. Yeah, I can't do with yeah, that. Fucking, uh, the, the movie made me, like when I, I, like, I it's been two weeks since mm-hmm. I've seen it. Uh, and I can legitimately say that's the angriest I've been about a movie in a, in a long time. It's just, yeah. it's fucking, like I was angry about The Vanishing for being faffy. Mm-hmm. Imagine my rage. I watched this movie with Louise. Yeah. Imagine the rage we both had at the end when this Yeesh. bitch pukes up an eyeball. And you're like, what hold, the hold, fuck hold, is hold, happening? Hold up. I might still watch yeah. this. Uh, no. <laughs> you have no context for the eyeball pushing, the eyeball vomiting. So good luck fucking figuring that shit out. All right. Uh, but like, I, uh, it's one of those movies where you see what the movie's about in the yeah. first 20 minutes. Mm. And then you feel disgusted by it. And then you watch, you've been watching for an hour. Yeah. And then you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And then by the time the movie ends, you go like, all right, well, those are two hours I just killed. I'm never going to get that back. Yeah. Those are dead now. All the cells in my body that dies in those two hours are never going to come back. They're gone. They're gone. Fucking gone. Yeah, that's it. But yeah. (laughs) So I watched that. Um, I... You you know how um over the, the past month I was talking about this uh this trip that I was going to to Miami on September the fourteenth. Mm-hmm. So um me and Tess have been doing this heavy dieting, trying to get ready for it. Right. Now um I'm sure any of the listeners by the time you're hearing this, you know that there's like the tornado watch that we've never seen in like well we haven't seen in like five, ten, fifteen years. Right. Or whatever. We got fucking Irma coming in and all that bullshit. Uh, Irma, Jose, and uh, Katia. You know three three. Well, Katia is over by Texas now, right. but uh, who was the first one? Harvey or Harvey? Henry? Harvey was the first one. Yeah. Fuck Texas up. Yeah, fuck Texas are very very bad. Um, then uh, Katia is over there by Mexico right now. Uh, Irma is coming through and Jose is behind it. Right. You know, so it's just devastation. But the thing is, like, we bought our tickets to Miami like at the end of last year. Right. You know, and Miami is like right there in the heart of fuckery, you know, right now, <laughs> like in the heart of that shit. Yeah. And we've, we've spent like a good, like a couple grand, you know, like getting ready for this thing. And and then a, cu- a couple of days ago, we had, and, and we, we've been organizing the, the podcast around it because I was going to be out of town for, for a number of days, right. just trying to get shit right. And then you fucking ass clown piece of shit hurricane <laughs> decides to come through and ruin my vacation and ruin my weeks of dieting that I've been putting in. But so, so, so this is what we found. This is what we found. Yeah. Really, really quickly. All right, so so since all we, this goddamn nature fucking my shit up. Hell yeah! So it's like we had to cancel the hotel. We canceled the hotel, so we were able to get all of our money back, and because it was a natural disaster, they were fine with it and everything. Okay, cool. Uh, same thing with the uh, with our tickets. We weren't able to completely cancel it, but they was giving us like store credit kind of mm-hmm. thing or whatever. Right. So this is what we did. We went online, and we were thinking, all right. I, I just picture like a um, like any kind of crisis. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a housing crisis and everything is going down and everybody's running this way, there's somebody on the other side that's looking at that and was like, "Hey, there's opportunity here." <laughs> yeah, <let's go. laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what we did. We're looking like everybody is leaving Florida and leaving the islands and leaving everywhere. And we started looking at the prices on cruises. Like one of the cruises that we wanted to go to the, for, for the Bahamas was sixteen hundred dollars. Oh, I Eight, bet that shit's like seven hundred. Eight hundred thirty-five dollars after tax, all inclusive. Damn. So that's where we'll be going. <laughs> to the Bahamas. We'll be going to the goddamn Bahamas. There's 
Then the Bahamas get like really they're fucked fuck. right now. No, yeah, no, yeah they're, they're fucked. But it's like it, it went past them yesterday, and <laughs> and it's in Miami today, Sunday, ten a.m. Right. You know, so by the time we get to the Bahamas on Thursday, it'll be two days removed. Right. Wait. So wouldn't have the fucking hurricane been passed by? Wait, you were leaving tomorrow? We're, no, we're leaving Thursday. This this coming Thursday. Okay. So wouldn't have the hurricane be past Miami at that point? Yes, the, the hurricane's in Miami today. Okay. Sunday. All right. I guess there's another one coming in. Yeah. yeah uh, what's the name? Uh, Jose, Jose is behind that one. Yeah. 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 Fuck. Well, good. Have fun in the Bahamas. Hell yeah. They're gonna be rebuilding a lot of shit. Mostly rebuilding. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to getting off the boat in mm-hmm. the Bahamas because I'm like I've seen pictures and they were showing like how the uh, the a lot of the water was just fucking gone yep. because of the swales or whatever and, and low water pressure and science that I don't understand. You know. <laughs> so I'm like it, it didn't look like that great in the Bahamas, but it's like I am gonna get to go on a cruise and like have no shirt on and and drink and drinks. Food. Stuff and, 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 food. and unlimited food, Brian. Unlimited food. Yep. Unl- have you been on a cruise before? No, I hate the sea. This is my first time yeah. ever. <laughs> it is my first time, and there's unlimited food. There's buffets. What's the guy that we like? Gaffieri has his own like burger joint inside there, 24 hours. 24 hours. So while she's like making plans for us to like do karaoke and rock climbing and scenic stuff, I'm looking at all the different food places <laughs> that you can get 24 hours a day. No, that was Who's it. gonna <laughs> shove food down your face you nonstop. Got that right, yes. You know, to be to be fair. Yeah. Uh, do me a favor when you go to get to the burger joint yeah. at fucking four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Put a headphones on and play the song "Hurt" by Johnny Cash. All right. And then shove a burger in your face. <laughs> And see how you feel about that fucking exchange. I don't know if I've heard the song "Hurt," but I, I will. Uh, it's <laughs> I'll show it to you later. It's a it's fucking it's a fucking sad song. All right. I I one time I was like eating in, in my living room at like four in the morning, just shoving a place full of like rice, tuna, and cheese in my face. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to music, and that song came on. Yeah. And I swear to God, I almost seasoned my whole plate with bleach. It was so depressing. Shit. <laughs> just fucking like Jesus. He'll do it. <laughs> anyway, we're going to cut, and then we're going to talk about Silence of the Lambs. So hey, we hey. will be right back. Yeah. And welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk Silence of the Lambs. Hey. Uh, Chris, do your, do your thing. My thing. Thing. It's uh, Silence of the Lambs. It's uh, rated R. Came out in 1991. Listed as a crime film and drama film. It's a two-hour and 18-minute runtime. The rundown is: a young FBI cadet must confide in an incarcerated and manipulative killer to receive help on catching another serial killer who skins his victims. Uh, the writer is Ted Talley. The director is Jonathan Demi. It stars Jody. How do you say his fucking name? Demi. Demi or Demi? D e m m e. I thought it was Damn. Jonathan the Ham or whatever. D E M M E. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Johnny. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jody Foster as Clarice and my, uh, one of my favorite roles of anywhere. Clarice oh, Clarice. Yeah. Mm. I love Jody Foster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Anthony Anthony Hopkins as Doctor Hannibal Lecter. Which is uh, is that it? So there one That's it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, first, this movie's a fucking classic. It's, yes. It's one of those psychological horror thriller classics. Yep. That no matter. Like, if, even if you haven't seen the movie, you've seen pop culture references to this movie. Yes. We were talking about Jay and Silent Bob did mm-hmm. it. The, mm-hmm. Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me hard. Yes. Uh, the fucking puts the lotion on the skin. Yes. Eminem has a song where he, like, emulates. All, like, it's fucking yeah. everywhere. This movie's fucking everywhere. I, I think after watching this, like, when I, as soon as I finished, I was like, this is going to be the first Criterion movie that Brian is going to have to like. <laughs> You is know, it in the, is that a Criterion movie? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. Double Criterion. Like, it came out in the '90s, so it's like you can still relate to these topics and everything. It's mm-hmm. like it's still relatable. So I'm like, if you don't like this, then we're just gonna have to have a conversation about why you don't <laughs> like this movie. The whole show, because you know, because I'm, I'm not gonna be able to let this slide. No, no, no. And, and you would be right in doing that. <laughs> okay. Because this movie's fucking amazing. All right, all right. Yeah, all right. No, I, I love this movie. I've watched this movie eight times. Okay. I think uh, nine if I count the one yesterday for the podcast yeah. and. Honestly, I the the filmmaking is amazing. Yeah, the story is like intriguing. It's like a really well written and performed script. Yeah, you got actors like fuck, fucking Anthony Hopkins. He's awesome. Like, and and I've loved, I've always loved the Hannibal Lecter story. Mm. Uh, I've always been a fan of like murder and intrigue and mm. like serial killers and all that shit. Yeah. I like true crime, mm. and I feel like this is one of those stories that realistically embody. All of those tastes into like a thriller psychological thing. Mm-hmm. This movie's not even about Hannibal Lecter. Nope. Mm-hmm. And he his role is arguably the best one in the movie. 
Yeah. And the movie's not about him. Yeah. Uh, best one besides Arguably. Clarice. No, yeah, yeah, besides yeah. Clarice. Yeah. Because Clarice is kind of the shit. Yes. And <laughs> Joey Foster kills that shit. I've, that's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't remember uh, the previous movie because mm. this is a sequel. I don't mm. remember the previous movie. I don't think I've watched it yet. Mm. Um, but, yeah. excuse me. Mm. Um, but this movie, I think, does a really job, does a real good job at standing on its own volition. Hell's providing yeah. an interesting character, mm. providing an interesting dynamic between two characters, mm. and then making you want and making you piece information together at the right pace. Sure. That is what makes a good thriller for me. A good mm. thriller for me is not me being surprised by the ending of the movie. Mm. A good thriller is me understanding what's happening throughout the movie mm. at the right pace in the movie. Okay. So like by the half point of the movie, you kind of have an idea of what's going on and what Hannibal Lecter is doing. Yeah. Uh, it would have been. It would have sucked if you didn't have that idea. And at the end of the movie, it, it all comes into a revelation mm-hmm. that like Hannibal Lecter like planned out the whole fucking thing or knew all the whole information at the time. I see what you. So, I, I, I I like that how we we get to do podcasts because it's like not only do I get to get an insight of what you like and what you don't like, I, we get an insight of you know who we are kind of as people right. and what we you know how we enjoy movies and how we break down the movies. And like hearing you say that about about this makes me understand a lot more about everything we've been talking about in this podcast yeah, in general. Specifically the faffy criteria yeah, like stuff that bullshit. you like. Yeah. yeah, I still disagree with that. But it's yeah. just like I like I see what, how how you like it. You know, because in this movie they they connect all the dots. Like you. You'll look at a pin, and then you'll be like, okay, now I know that that pin, and when he unlocks the the, uh, the handcuffs, you'll be like, oh, now I know how he was able to unlock the, the right. handcuffs. Right, you know where that little I item came the, from. Yeah, you don't have to wait until the end of the movie to, to put everything back together. Mm-hmm. You're saying they're giving you the information as you're watching it, right. and that's what makes it good for you. And, and not only are they giving you the information, but they're giving you all the context clues mm-hmm. of what to do mm-hmm. with that information as a viewer. Yeah. Which means that you're never quite lost. You might not understand something, mm-hmm. and you might be like, "Well, why did why is he killing these women, or why is this mm-hmm. happening, or why is Hannibal Lecter doing this?" Yeah. You might not have your motivations, might not be unclear, mm-hmm. but the cinematic language of the movie tells you what you it's need to know clear. at the given moment yes. to figure out what's going to happen next in the scene, mm-hmm. and that's exciting because sometimes what creates tension really is you anticipating what's going to happen mm-hmm. in a movie, yep. and then the movie either proving you right or proving or wrong. you wrong. Yes. Mo- most often than not the movie will prove you wrong. Mm. But what I like about Silence of the Lamb is that it gives you the information, tells you what's going to happen, mm. and then it proves you right. Yeah. And so you knew exactly how that scene was going to play out, but it's still exciting and, and sort of interesting to see this whole dynamic. Because the movie is less about like what happened and who did it, mm. and more of like how is this going to play out for Clarice, who's involved in the middle of all of this. Yeah. Which is it's, it's great. I think it's great writing. I think the cinematic language of the movie does an amazing job at conveying all of this mm. without telling you anything. You get all the context clues. I've, there's, uh, I'm excited because I really fucking love this movie. Yeah, but ahead. for example, uh, the introduction of the movie, I think it's one of the best 20 minutes of movie ever made. Oh, just setting her up, showing her training and running yeah. and being with the, the group. Because it immediately tells you what dynamic she has with the rest of the world mm. around her. She's mm-hmm. a woman yep. that's trying to be taken seriously in a man-dominated field. Yep. And then the way that they tell you what this field is mm-hmm. is amazing because they just have one shot of one guy in an FBI hat, in an FBI hat going mm. like, hey, they need you at the office. Yeah. So like after like 10 minutes of training footage, which is just to show you uh, like how strong she is and how determined she is to yep. get past all these obstacles, yep. Uh, some guy in an FBI hat goes like, hey, they need you at the office. And you're like, oh, fuck, she's in the FBI. That's yeah. fucking cool. Yeah. That is an amazing like 17, maybe 18 minutes of introduction mm-hmm. for Clarissa's character because it sets up her struggle, sets mm-hmm. up her dynamic with the world around her, yep. and it, it makes you immediately empathize with her, especially if you're a woman watching this movie. Mm-hmm. They really hammer on the fact that she's a woman in this man-dominated field mm-hmm. and that she's uh, aiming to be taken seriously, mm-hmm. and the world seems to hit her back down every time she tries. Yeah. Right up until the very end, and I think that's amazing filmmaking. Mm. It's fucking brilliant. I uh, what was yeah? What was she trying to do? Uh, behavioral science is yep. uh, is what she was doing in, in the the FBI. So that's what the guy brings her in. She's like, yeah, he wants to work with her. Oh, she remembers even to the point was like, uh, yeah, I remember uh, I had you as a student. And, uh, I gave you an A. She was like A minus. Yeah, you know, piece of shit. <laughs> so, like I was like, Fuck yeah, you giving me the like, A minus. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like that was something I could um, I could empathize with. You know, it's like I can't empathize with a, like a female character. I'm not a female or like her plight so much, but I could sympathize with most of those things. But with her, her, I could empathize with her. You know, plight of trying your hardest and trying to get there and remembering every single step along right. the way of trying to get where you're trying to get. Yeah. And, 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 and there's moments like, and really, we're talking about, uh, I'm not going to say that. Uh, this, this movie really, I enjoy the fact that they keep constantly reminding you. Mm. Of, they never really let you forget 
that she's a woman in this complicated oh, field. Oh, yeah. Uh, even, uh, like, they, they remind you, uh, I think, like, three or four multiple times in the movie. Mm. Uh, the, the first trading bit, we mm. got the conversation with Lecter, mm. where she makes fun of her because of her accent and all of insecurities, mm. and then Migs uh, throws semen at her. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. beforehand, yeah. Because even before that, like, we, he's... Um, the guy, the FBI guy, is telling her, he was like, well, um, you're going to have to talk to her. Oh, this is the first time right. that Hannibal's even seen a woman in like eight years. You know, mm-hmm. he brings that up. Then he was like, um, are you going to be able to follow the protocol? She was like, well, I went to University VA, and that's not a charm school. Right. You know, just like showing more of that. The, you wouldn't be saying this to another man. Right. You know, type of conversation. And and even to the way that she plays, and, and she's a psychologist, which mm. you for, kind of forget at some points in the movie. And yeah. then she says a thing like plays to like a character's like obvious mindset and then to get what she wants yes. and, and and those are little details that i fucking love about mm. this movie uh so we got like the the scene with chilton where he's flirting with her and she's just like fuck you yeah uh we got the hannibal lecter bit we got the bit in the sheriff's department when they found the girl mm. where he says that it uh he can't talk in front of a woman yeah and that in- it, all of those like tiny little moments mm. really serve to make Clarice the embodiment of the power that she was seeking as a woman in this male-dominated field at mm. the end of the movie, which is not the plot of the movie, but it's a fantastic subplot and one that almost everyone can sympathize with. I don't think about how powerful um, that women were portrayed, you know, because you're seeing women that are being murdered and kidnapped and, and tortured, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't think about like... Um, uh, Jodie Foster's character, the way she's portrayed, and there's another woman in, in the movie who's one of my favorite roles in there, but she was only in there for a short amount of time. It's the uh, the last woman that was kidnapped, her mother. Oh, uh, yeah, the senator. Yeah, the senator. When the senator <laughs> talks to talks to Hannibal, and, and Hannibal was just saying the, the worst things. He was like, um, did you breastfeed? And when, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you breastfeed, did you, um, you, what it was like, you could feel her nipping at your, your nipple or something like that? Uh, yeah, it toughened up your nipples, you t- right? Yeah, toughened your nipples. There was something about... Uh, what do you think you're going to feel when she's laid down on the slab? Right. You know, so when, when she's being cut apart, like, what are you going to feel from her being cut apart? And he's saying those things about this lady's daughter, and she's just, like, looking at him bold face, just like, fuck you insane piece of shit right. and, and five minutes before that she's on national television trying to humanize her daughter you know saying this is my daughter this is her name that she is a person yeah you she know. was a strong character yeah yeah she was a very strong character I liked her a lot uh, I, and, and like I think that the, the, the womanhood like the power of womanhood in this movie mm. is, is amazingly well done mm. but it, it also it also sets up a thing where men are not I think like men are not empowered mm. nearly as strongly in yeah. this movie, yeah. but like most men, actually most men are, are seem like kind of submissive by everything that Clarice is doing, mm. except for Hannibal, which is like the, the most authoritative figure in the movie. Yeah. And like the power dynamics at play are amazingly well crafted. Like there's the first time that Clarice and, and Hannibal meet, yeah. uh, and, and that little moment, it's one of my favorite moments of like cinematic language. Mm. Uh, because you got Hannibal oh, Lecter. Yes. Yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah. And it, it's 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 the idea of who's winning the scene. Mm-hmm. And like I I've seen this essay like Power a hundred times. Yeah. yeah, like a hundred mm-hmm. times, and I never get fucking tired of it. Yeah. Uh, but the way that it's filmed, the way that the camera is brought up into this thing, yeah. sort of like Hannibal's eyes. Hannibal's eyes are always level with the camera. Mm-hmm. Jodie Foster is looking slightly up, mm-hmm. and the dirty shots. Even when what? No, I, was, I had it written down like uh, lots of dirty shots, close yeah. ups, like for the for the scene that you're talking about. Like yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> it's fucking it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. But even in the dirty shots, uh, dirty shots are one thing, but like in, in Hannibal's over the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, he is towering over Clarice. Yes. And in Clarice's over the shoulder, it's mm. looking slightly like up. up. yeah. And she's tiny. Yep. And, and it's just like the power dynamic mm. expressed of the filmmaking in that scene alone yeah. makes this movie one of my favorites. Because that language of cinema, of cinema is, is like, it's like spread out throughout the entire movie. And I fucking love it. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. There was a, uh, when she walked in, uh, Hannibal was like, uh, now then, tell me, what did Migs say to you? Multiple Migs in the next cell. He hissed at you. What did he say? And then she was like, he said, I can smell your cunt. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that was just another one of the things we were talking about with women. It's like there's a woman coming in here and we're gonna let everybody know that there's something different. You know, mm-hmm. Hannibal, Hannibal says, I'm, I see myself, I cannot uh, use <laughs> He was like, I you use um Evian skin cream, and sometimes you like to wear like some type of perfume. Mm-hmm. He's just like letting you know just like how strong his senses are as some kind of what, what would you call him? A psychopath? Well, he he's definitely psychopath. Well, it, it, they make a nice thing in the movie because the idea that this is like a like a super fictionalized like 
psychopath kind of character. Yeah. They go like they don't have a name for what he is. Yeah. Which is a great way to avoid any controversy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said he was this, but then he's showing signs of something completely different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's not clear, but I, I would. Uh, it's pretty classic yeah. psychopathy. Uh, but not only not only that, do you see? I, I forgot my train of thought. What the fuck was that? Um, <laughs> we were talking about Clarice coming in, Mick saying that he could smell the her cunt. Oh right. Um, uh, so that whole scene. Uh, my favorite thing about that scene, though, mm. is that Hannibal Lecter does not have a southern accent mm. in the movie. No. But in this scene, he, he does. Did. Yep. <laughs> and I, it, it took me eight times to like catch it, but yeah. he's subtly putting on this accent mm-hmm. as he's talking to Clarice, yeah. making her feel more and more uncomfortable, mm-hmm. like he's mocking her throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And Hannibal wins the scene. Oh, yes. Uh, but then he gives over his victory to yeah. Clarice uh, to help her with the case mm-hmm. because he thinks that rudeness is despicably ugly. Yes. Which gives you a sense that this guy, as fucking awful as he is, mm-hmm. has some weird has sense of a moral code. Yeah. And that humanizes Hannibal Lecter as a mm. character in a weird way. Mm. And so, like, when everything, from that point on, when everything happens with Hannibal Lecter, like, wait, 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 why the fuck is he doing this? Mm. What's his ulterior motive? Does he have a thing? Does he have an angle? What's happening? Mm. And it really makes the intrigue of the characters that much better because he gave up that victory yeah. for Clarice. Yeah. And I think it's brilliant. Think. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you, there was a, a point where um, she, she's, she, well, Hannibal has ex- escaped, and then um, she's talking to one of her friends, uh, I guess one of the FBI ladies mm-hmm. and then she said something about you being worse like no uh, he wouldn't come for me he, w- he would find that to be rude right you know <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he was like what the fuck you don't think this serial killer is gonna kill you that's what he does he kills people <laughs> serially seriously seriously that, that has to be uh, one, of my yeah. favorite, one of my favorite jokes oh goodness kills people <laughs> serially <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, I I also want to point out the editing in this movie is absolutely brilliant. Right. They do a lot of um, really subtle things. Like um, fuck, what's the line? It's just like I I I moderately shows he's interested in the book. Okay, no, never mind. So they never have a name for what he is, right? Mm. And then someone says, "What is that?" And then immediately cut to someone saying. He's a psychopath. He's a monster. He's oh, at this. the beginning of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's yeah. like, oh, fuck. That, was really that cut. Good. That yes. cut was fucking I awesome. Agree. Yes. Uh, they have another cut. I, my handwriting is garbage, so mm. I apologize in advance. Um, but, oh, and then the next cut is like, well, uh, our, uh, this lady might be, he's already thinking about his next special lady. Mm. And then immediately cut to the kidnapping of the other victim. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck, that's just really good, like, like, structure there was there was was a part in the movie where um i talked about this a little bit in the vanishing um Mm -hmm. something that i was like i I didn't love the movie you have to go back and listen to it i'm not going to give a rundown on the vanishing but um but in in the movie there was a um a guy that's trying to manipulate women and pick up women and he's noticing that he's not able to do it in the sense that he wants to so he tries to make himself more um more look look more weak look more mm-hmm. approachable look more of a non-threatening more person yeah more more non-threatening and I like the ideas that the vanishing found, went behind that because they found truth in it and they was able to project that in, in the person and you seen that with um, the villain in in um, in, in this movie here Javier Bardem yeah Javier there yeah. we go yeah because um, he, he's there he's he's with a uh, with a couch and the whole time that I'm watching him pick up this couch and knowing that he's the villain of, of this uh, this movie and he has uh, what looks to be a broken arm my, my mind immediately flashed back to vanishing mm-hmm. like okay I don't have to see this villain go through 30 minutes of unsuccessfully kidnapping women and the three women he's done like I just I assume that he's unsuccessfully done this a number of times and it hadn't you know what I'm saying you just like he I, had a pattern he had a pattern yo they yeah. They didn't show that pattern. They didn't show the process of him like failing to pick up women, you know, because he was a threatening figure. We just go immediately to the point of, oh, I'm a non-threatening person. I'm hurt. I'm injured, and I need help. But also, that's how that's a testament to how well the movie handles feeding you information. Mm. Because the whole time you're hearing about Buffalo Bill, you know how dangerous he is, and you know that he's killed five people Mm -hmm. at this point because we keep seeing that headline show up in the newspapers. Yeah. So like whenever you see this guy in a truck being suspicious, she's like, ah, that's fucking Buffalo Bill. You know what it is. You already know what it is. It's like you don't have to go through like his failures, you know, which evidently had to have happened, you know, but we just go all the way to this point, 
you know and I, I really liked it so much like you see the, the woman because you can't go inside of her mind and be like why are you going over there to this guy like if she has no clue what this guy is you know it's just some skinny somewhat poor guy who's trying to load um, a, a what is it a, a sofa couch. a couch yeah. a couch into the back of a van he has a broken arm or a wrist he's not a threat he's non-threatening he seems nice enough and he's you know speaking nicely to me mm-hmm. so she goes over to help the what the thing I would falter for is like you don't get inside a guy's van right you yeah. know like if you if you, if you want to be a good Samaritan and help somebody, and you put you know, it at the edge of the van, and yeah. then you walk away. But by the but you get into the van and you climb all the way to the back of the van. Like I'm not blaming the victim, but you know, like but maybe. <laughs> you know? like, no, I, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's one of those characterizations where you're like, all right, fuck. That's yeah, weird. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I want to talk about how good mm-hmm. or how well. Javier Bardem does every time he's a scary psychopath in a movie. Okay, wh- wh- who is this guy? He is. He was in No Country for Old Men. Oh, he was the guy with the shotgun. Oh my god! Yeah. He was the he was the protagonist, pretty much yes, the protagonist I, in No Country for Old Men. Yes, I know exactly. Uh, yeah. He was a Bond villain wow. not too long ago. I don't watch Bond. Uh, you should watch the the Dana Craig ones at least. Casino Royale. Casino it, Royale. Is there good. is there a little very little action in it? Most of the action takes place in, in a poker table, really. Okay. Uh, so it's like very thinky action. That's what I need. Like very yes. physical action. I'm not going to be able to deal with action for no reason. At least Casino Royale. Maybe the other ones not so much, but okay. Casino Royale is really good. All right. Uh, but he was in, he was in the, I think, Skyfall, maybe? That's another 007. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, he yeah, did a really that. good job in that. Uh, what else was he in? He was in a... He's just in. He plays that role really well. The I love him in No Country for Old yeah. Men. Love him in that. He was great in it too. Yeah. I love the way he talks. Mm. Uh, he was he was in a movie with Nolan, and okay. I don't know what the fuck the movie was. I don't think it was Memento, mm. uh, but it was in a movie that Nolan made. Okay, um, I guarantee it. All right, and he. I love Javier Bardem. He's one of my favorite actors. Nice. Uh, but his name is always kind of hidden because he's so well at, at becoming the thing he's on camera. What is he? What's his ethnicity? Ethnicity. He yeah. is Hispanic. I don't is know it? what kind of Hispanic. Yeah. He might be straight from Spain, yeah. but he's definitely Hispanic. That's like a weird thing how things get lost. Like I've recognized his work and recognize him as a great actor, you know. But he's not black or thrown in my face white, so mm-hmm. I don't know his name or his works. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like I can say Anthony Mackie, and you'd be like, "Who the hell is that?" And then I'll right. give you a list of things. That he's done. It's like, oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, that's how this Javier guy is. It's just surprising. It, it's, yeah. it's true. I do know who Anthony Mackie is, though. I mean, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Do, the, we do this movie thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Javier Bardem, I fucking love him. Yeah. He portrays the psychopath, scary, bad guy really well. Yeah. He's not afraid to, like, physically embody mm. all that. Or, like, he's not afraid to embrace the physicality that it involves to be that menacing sort of yeah. puts the lotion in the skin kind of character. Yeah. I fucking love him. Yeah. And it's it's one of those people that I'll, you know, this is going to sound really specific, and I kind of feel bad for saying it, All right. but his accent actually helps him a lot in these roles mm. because they take you so out of the comfort zone uh, that the voice, I don't know if it's an accent he does on purpose or if it's actual accent, mm. but the voice that he puts on when he does all of these roles really, really, really help him sell that menace mm. that I know Javier Bardem from, even yeah. when he's not necessarily doing a Hispanic one. Yeah. He just kind of puts on that like heavy, raspy sort of, yeah. just puts the lotion on the skin, and you're like, oh, fuck. I, uh, <laughs> when, like I said, I, when, when, as a kid, I didn't understand, like, well, it. Why is he calling everything it? It puts the lotion on the skin. It puts the, the lotion in the basket. Yeah, yeah. and um, that's what came across to me this time watching it. The mother, when she was saying, her name is Catherine. You know, if she's a very nice person, if you talk to her, you know, just humanizing her and I didn't you know a nine-year-old can't process that even right. even at high school I couldn't process that for some reason but but yeah just seeing him just taking her you're not a human anymore I've captured you you're in the hole and you're no longer human you're it you're the thing that I'll be using to to make my human uh, skin clothes right yeah. <laughs> you know with it's fucking bizarre and and that's part of what makes it so much menacing like if you have a basic concept of psychology mm. This movie really does get creepy on a, like a little bit deeper level. There than, was than usual. there's another thing that it did that that was mm-hmm. to your credit that um that you were saying 
um, where, where it gives you the dots to connect. Mm-hmm. At the very the, the first time that you see the dog, I can't remember his dog's name. Uh, Precious. Precious. The first time you see Precious isn't the, the lotion in the skin basket scene. It's Precious being right up at the, the edge of the well looking over and right. barking. The very, very first time. And it's like very close to the edge as well. So it's kind of that foreshadowing is, oh, he's not paying that much attention to the dog. Oh, the dog's not on a leash. The dog could easily just fall into that hole if the dog wanted to. You know, so it's like that, that was a nice thing. It's like I could have probably put that together, but mm-hmm. still it just gives you information of this can this happen and will this. happen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, going back to the, the, the empowerment of women, even mm-hmm. Catherine, who's the victim in all of this, yeah. even she was empowered in mm-hmm. this movie because her move of like getting the dog out of like into the well yep. with her was a thing that threw uh, Buffalo Bill so much of his guard that yeah. Clarice was able to like fucking get him. He was yeah. so agitated that he didn't think clearly. Yeah. And Clarice was able to be like, get the fuck out of here. The, yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the subplot of like the, the motif or theme mm. of women being empowering and the sort of like man-made society mm. or man-centric society is amazing throughout this whole movie. The, the, the most terrifying uh, moment in this movie for me was uh, when, when she was in the well and uh, she, she puts the lotion on, she puts it back in the basket and then she starts to look around herself in the well and then she sees bloody scratch marks clawed up and you can't really tell what it is for a moment and then on the top she sees a fingernail still stuck in there so it's very clear that this is just people that women specifically that were in that that hole previous to her that never made it out and clawed their way through bloody nubs to do everything they can but they're no longer alive and she was just realizing that that was soon to be her existence if she didn't do something about it you know so she's just blood curdling screaming and then Javier is looking down at her just mocking her and screaming oh, oh, oh. you know it's like it's it's like the 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 younger version of me that was a very funny scene to me yeah. it was funny like I'm listening to Eminem at the time and he's making fun of the thing it's like oh I, help I'll scream with you ah oh, somebody help you get it bitch no one can hear you you know like, it's like it, was, it was a funny thing that we yeah. used to make fun of back then but like looking at it like as a serious Terrifying. movie yeah. like fuck this guy is insane he's not doing this because it's funny he's fucking insane yes. <laughs> and, and like it, <laughs> have you ever such great such a great little like like role as Buffalo Bill yeah. my favorite thing he that the, they did with Buffalo Bill mm. is that uh, they he had this whole thematic thing of like trying to become a woman mm. but really that was just like an extension of his like weird transformation thing not yeah. necessarily because he was a transsexual yeah uh, and like they make that distinction throughout the entire movie and I'm just like how fucking clever to avoid literally any controversy and mm. still explore these themes as a, as a filmmaker, as a yeah, writer. Yeah. You're writing all of these, like, probably controversial statements back in the 90s, mm. you know, calling someone a, like a transsexual or transvestite back yeah. then was probably not the easiest thing to do. No. And they got away with it uh, just by adding this nice little out. So, so, like, th- that's just a, a symptom of, like, what's really wrong with them. Yeah, he, uh, he breaks it down. He says, uh, look for severe, severe childhood disturb- disturbances associated with violence. Our Billy wasn't born a criminal, Clarice. He was made one through years of systematic abuse. Billy hates his own identity, you see, and he thinks that makes him a transsexual. But his pathology is a thousand times more savage and more terrifying. Yep. You know, so it's like he thinks that he's a transsexual, but he's, but he's not. He just yeah. he just wants to transform into something that's not him. Yeah. Uh, that the my other favorite part about this movie, uh, it's the scene when uh, Hannibal and Clarice are talking about the lambs. Oh yeah, uh, which yeah, is what gives lambs. the movie the mm-hmm. the name. Uh, I absolutely love that scene. Yeah, it's one of my favorite moments and and like. Uh, uh, this moment happens in movies all the time where the protagonist and the antagonist meet together and Mm. have a conversation. Heat was one of my favorite moments when that happened Mm. uh, with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. That Mm. was a great conversation. Mm. This one is definitely in the top three for me. When Hannibal and Lecter sit down and Hannibal and Clarice sit down and have this conversation about Clarice's past and trauma mm-hmm. and why she became the, the FBI detective that she wants to be. Yeah. And like you see her motivations mm-hmm. and they're very clear. And, and, and you see, you really see an inclination that everyone has their own psychosis that they want to get rid of. And yeah. this is Clarice's motivation yeah. and why she wanted to solve this case so badly and why she's still there yeah. looking for Hector Lecter's help despite the fact that he's a monster and a psychopath. Yeah. Right? She, she thinks that if, if she can fix this injustice, then the injustice that's been haunting her since she's a child, you know, that she'll be able to sleep at night, you know, through that yeah. now. And she'll be able to silence the lambs, yeah. screaming of the lambs. I, and that was oh, such a good line. I, 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 love, I 
love the line because they didn't um, they didn't get cheesy. You know, from a, right. every eighties and nineties movie. You know, and we're, we're, we've seen that before. It's like, well, I, I forget what movie we were watching recently together. Um, to where it was like, oh, they did the thing. To where it's like, they, the they, title of the they name say thing. the name of the movie while, ah, while they're in the movie, but they, they don't do it yeah. in this movie. He just says, you th- stop the screaming of the lambs. He never says silence of the lambs. I was like, right. good, I get it. You don't have to say silence of the lambs for me to understand if, if lambs stop screaming, then they're silent. Like, I get that. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> you know? and to, to, that's another credit to the writing of the movie yes. where it's like, hey, you're not, you're not an idiot. It's fine. Yes. It's fine. Yes. You, you, you get this. Yeah. <laughs> like Which it. is honestly, I think, the strongest point of the movie. Mm. Uh, I think any good psychological thriller has to have that in there. Mm. If you're writing a psychological thriller and you're assuming that your audience is stupid enough to not get that little bit of symbolism mm. out of like whatever is going on on camera, yeah. then you have a bad psychological thriller because it's, you're spending all your time. It's a fine line. You know, because yeah. if, if, you, if you assume that your audience is stupid, then you're giving them so much information that you feel like you're being pandered to. Right. You know, and then that makes it bad for me. If you're not giving enough information, those are the movies that you don't like. Yep. You know, you feel like it's like you, should, you need to give me more information. There has to be some line in the middle. There, you know? there definitely is a balance. Yeah. But I think when, a, when a, a movie gives you way too much information that mm. you feel like you're being pandered to, yeah. And it's it's a it's a classic method of the filmmaker not understanding how to convey information cinematically. Yes. yes. And that's a huge problem in psychological thrillers. Mm-hmm. I think that's a more of a problem than not being given enough information. Mm. When you're over or like overwhelmed with information in yeah. a psychological thriller, yeah. that's a worse thriller than one with not enough information. 100%. Because at least the one with not enough information, I can piece something together, mm-hmm. but I don't feel stupid. I don't feel like you're pandering to me. Yeah. And, that, and that's why, that's part of why I fucking hated the Neon Demon. Mm-hmm. Because they don't give you enough information, mm-hmm. and somehow I still feel like I'm being fucking pandered to. Oh. It's what the fuck. Anyway. Oh. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. Uh, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs is yeah. genuinely... It might not be a classic horror movie. I think it is. Uh, oh, a horror. I'm yeah, sorry. Like, like yeah, horror, right. horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, as far as like being creepy yeah. and scary, mm-hmm. making you uncomfortable, yep. and being an amazing thriller, mm-hmm. I think there's a reason why it's considered one of the best movies that yes. do this ever. Oh, yeah. It's fucking fantastic. I love this movie. My favorite scene in, in the movie. Um, so... So um, she, she, Clarice is talking to the FBI director guy, and then he's, um, she's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to talk to, uh, to Hannibal. And then she whispers underneath, Hannibal the cannibal. You know? <laughs> and then when she goes, when she's walking down the hall to see Hannibal for the first time, there's a black guy inside of the cell, and he's yelling, Hannibal the cannibal! Hannibal cannibal! Hannibal the cannibal! Hannibal cannibal! Hannibal the cannibal! <laughs> like, and he's just yelling it over and over. <laughs> Hannibal cannibal! <laughs> I just love that. It was like shit. I totally missed that. I don't know how the fuck I missed that. He yells it for like 20 seconds. It's over and over. Hannibal the cannibal. Hannibal cannibal. Hannibal the cannibal. Barney, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you've heard about this show, but there's an adaptation of Hannibal mm-hmm. simply called Hannibal. Yeah, the TV show, yeah. Uh, t- have you seen it? Oh uh, no, I didn't. I really recommend that you do at least the first two seasons. Yeah. I haven't finished the last one that came out. It got canceled, sadly. Yeah. yeah. But if you want to like if you like the Hannibal storyline, mm. Uh, that show does an amazing job at being a Hannibal, yeah, like thing. Yeah. It's Matt Mickelson with Hugh Grant. I think that no, not Hugh Grant. Uh, I fucking forgot his name. Hugh Lowry? No, 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 no. no. It's uh, uh, have Hugh, you ever seen Hugh a, Hefner? <laughs> yes, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> There's only like five Hughes in the history Hughes. of life. It's uh, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Laurie, Hugh um, Hugh Grant, Hugh Hefner, and um. He's the, uh, I don't know another Hugh. Did you see the movie? It's about Adam, like the autistic kid named Adam, uh, uh, where his dad dies and he has to learn how to live by himself. Nah. Uh, okay. Well, it's that actor. I'll show you a picture of him. I, I just don't remember his name right now. All right. Uh, but he plays William Graham, mm. uh, which is another, like it's another solo from Silence of the Lambs, mm. but it's amazing. And the cinematography is beautiful. And the symbolism is fantastic. Right. And I fucking love it. So if you enjoy this movie or mm. you enjoy anything that has to do with the Hannibal mythos, mm. I recommend the series Hannibal. It's fucking gorgeous. Nice. Uh, and and th- that's what I love about the series. Like there's like one bad interpretation of Hannibal, I think, when he was young. Mm. But really the source material is just so good that it's hard to fuck it up eh. when you make it into a film or a telly show. So okay. anyway, uh that's all I got for for Silence of the Lambs. What do you give uh, Silence of the Lambs? Honestly, that's an, that's an eight for me. That's a solid, like, a very, like, solid eight, mm. eight and a half. Yeah. 
uh, Blair asked last week, and I ended up making a list because I'm that's the kind of crazy person I am. Right. I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to wait for Jonathan. Jonathan, if you're listening to this, <laughs> but uh, she, I was put so on the spot. She was like, um, so I gave I gave um, the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show an 8.3, yeah. and she her eyes were like, what the fuck? It's not a 10. <laughs> what? And, you know? She was like, so if this if this isn't a 10, like what what is a 10 for you? Right. And I was like, fuck, what is a 10 for me? You know, what is my 10? <laughs> She's like, what is a nine for you? And it's like I made my list, and I'll do that when Jonathan gets here. But it just so happens so very week after this is a nine this is a solid 9.0 of a movie for me it it does everything it fulfills me intellectually cinematically it does all the things that i that i needed so yeah that's a nine out of ten for me nice uh yeah no that's a pretty solid rating i can't disagree with it i'll give it an 8.5 but it's just because i'm picky i guess (laughs) (laughs) but yeah uh silence of the lambs if Mm. you haven't watched it at this point really you should even like if you're a filmmaker Mm. particularly Study the shit out of this movie mm-hmm. because what it does with editing, what it does with the language of cinema Very good. is amazing. And I think every film student should understand what it does and how to communicate information to an audience. This yes. is a prime example of how to do that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Silence of the Lambs. Watch it. We'll, be, we'll cut and then we'll be right back with the premieres for next week. Hey. And welcome back. Uh, television and movie premieres. All right. Uh, this week in television and movie premieres starting Tuesday, September the 12th through Monday, September the 18th. Uh, the first one's going to be Tuesday, September the 12th. It's called Heroin. <laughs> heroin. All right. There's an apostrophe, uh, not apostrophe, a, a parenthesis E at the end. So heroin or hero, heroin. You know, so either it's the... Um, heroin or heroin. Yeah, so like heroin the drug or hero like the hero type of... Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, a, it's a documentary on Netflix. I looked up the trailer because I didn't know what this was going to be about. But um, the, the rundown is, in the face of the opioid epidemic in West Virginia, three women are given their community a fighting chance. So it's um, three women that are trying to help, you know, their community that has been taken over by opioids, which is the main ingredient of heroin. Right, yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. I really hate the name. Heroin? Yeah, I hate the fucking name. I mean, they're just trying to do a, a, tur- a flip on words. It's women that are heroes, and they're heroes yeah. of this heroin. I mean, I so get it. Turning the I words. get the name. Yeah. I just think it's dumb. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Like what? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it seems like a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's women, and it's, they're trying to do something good. You right. know? So uh, Devin had put something up on uh, his Facebook um, like last month talking about the rising um, opioid epidemic. And I was like, what? People are doing heroin for real? Like, you're out here doing heroin? Like, I know... People do that shit all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I know some people that, that yeah. do heroin, but I was like, it's popular now. You know what I'm saying? Like, you were like the, the under people. You know, it's like you you don't get to be on social media talking about heroin or on TV talking about heroin or right. Netflix talking about heroin. You know what I'm saying? It's just like that was just an under You thing. have to, like, search for heroin. Like, you, you, I think it's, you have to, like... It, 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 it was like, um, like, like, it's like hush-hush. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you don't, it's just you don't talk about that openly in the right. public type stuff. It's like Fight you know? Club. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost like cocaine now. Like people openly talk about cocaine. It's like it's, it's a recreational drug now. Heroin has that has heroin become a recreational drug? You know? I, <laughs> just like what the fuck? Like you could talk about marijuana out <laughs> recreationally, like it's right. whatever. You could talk about coke almost just as recreationally now as marijuana. But like heroin is like, God damn, where's the line? You know, I don't want to be 30 <laughs> years from now to where heroin is just another thing. You know, just like weed or coke or alcohol or tobacco is just a thing that you do. Right. No, yeah, I don't want to get to that level. Either. No. <laughs> that should scare you, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, Tuesday, September the 12th. Heroin is so scary to me mm-hmm. that whenever I have a bad day, I lay down in bed and it's like, you know what? I didn't do heroin today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a success of a day. Uh, I'm going to do yeah. heroin. <laughs> Yeah, on your deathbed at one point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I'm glad, yeah like uh, me and me and Tessa, we've decided like because I mean I've done the stuff that I want to do, but there's certain things that I'm gonna stay away from. That's needle drugs. Yeah, you know, no needles. You know, so by the time I'm 70, 80 years old, that's how I'm going out. I'm going out on crack and smack. <laughs> you, know? you don't even don't give me no fucking morphine. Give right, me the yeah. smack. I want straight up smack. I mean, like good old black tar heroin. Baby. Yes, I'll take that on the deathbed. Send me away. <laughs> Uh, the next thing is uh, going to be the same day, September the twelfth. Is the Mindy Project? It's uh, you, it's on Hulu. You have Hulu now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's on Hulu. The final season will be um, we'll see Chris Messina uh, return for multiple episodes with Reese without her spoon. She'll also guest. 
Just for that. She won't be bringing a spoon to the, no, the mini no. project. She will be lacking a spoon. Yes. Severely under spoon action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, the mini project. It's her last season. It's going to be on Hulu. So uh, okay. check that out. Cool. How many seasons did she go with that show? I think three. Uh, no, no, like six or seven. Six or seven? What yeah, she had, she had, but well, she only had like three or four on regular television, like uh, on Fox. And right. then she got moved to Hulu, which she got like three or four more seasons on that. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is going to be Wednesday, September the 13th. You got damn right, Broad City. I fucking love Broad City. You, like, you, fucking, yeah. you want to know? Uh, I, I, I do. I like that show. I haven't nice. watched a lot of it, but what I have watched has been fucking great. Good shit, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like That's one of the first shows I caped up for on the, uh, on the podcast is Broad City. I didn't watch it because I didn't have Hulu, but now yeah. that I have Hulu. It's not on Hulu. This is on, um, on Comedy Central. No, no, well, Broad City. Oh, the old, the old, old Hulu. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the old episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Whenever like, they're done in Comedy Central, yeah. they go to Hulu. Nice. And, and I fucking love it. I mean, it's yes, great. Yes, it is. It is. That's like, that's yeah. every time we talk about an example where um, you're talking about where uh, women talk about where feminism is and they throw feminism in your face. And that was always ex- the example of these are just women being women. Right. These are women yeah. being women. Shit. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I love Broad City. The, the, my favorite. A part about that show it has to be the the curly haired lady. Uh, I forgot her uh, name. the shorter one. Or uh, the taller Alina, one. Alina. Alina. Uh, uh, Ileana is Ileana. The, is the, the shorter one. Uh, she's the Jewish girl. Uh, they're both Jew. They're oh, both Jewish. Abby's Jewish as well. Yeah, they're both Jewish. I didn't know Abby was Jewish. Uh, I know that because I watched the episode where mm. they went to a Jewish retreat. <laughs> oh no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, one. but it was uh, not not Abby, like the friend. Ileana. Friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I fucking love that lady. She's yes. so good. She'll get it. So funny. Oh, she will get it. I <laughs> swear to God, on everything right now, Ilana. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> Broad City. We'll yeah. watch it. Ooh, that's a <laughs> Broad City. It's a comedy on Comedy Central, 10.30 p.m. on uh, Tuesday, September the 12th. Uh, guest for Pussy this season. Pussy Weed. That was the episode. Sorry. Pussy Weed. That was the, oh, that, like that the was, first episode that, was that season, I watched on them. Season one, episode two or three, three. where, um, where she, she puts the, the, the weed inside of her pussy, yeah. brings it out. I was talking to my friend about that. I was like, would you smoke some weed that came out of a girl's pussy? Yes. He was like, well, as long as it was in the bag, yeah, <laughs> I'd smoke it. If it wasn't in the bag, then fuck no. You know? That's how it is. Because you have to think, if you're putting like a dry bud of marijuana inside of, of a vagina, then the vagina walls are going to soak up a good part of that THC. You know, so what's the point of even smoking it after that? So uh, that's uh, <laughs> the fourth season is going to have Steve Buscemi, RuPaul, Amy Ryan, Wanda Sykes, Mike Birbiglia, Jane uh, Curtin, and Shania Twain. That looks like an amazing cast. Oh, yeah. I'll fuck with Wanda Sykes. Uh, so Wednesday, September the 13th, check them out. Um, and this one, I know you haven't had great things to say about this show recently, but South Park is coming back for its 197th season. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be on Comedy Central at 10 p.m. Yeah. I, uh, at South Park. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, it's South Park. That's yeah. all I can say about it. Yeah. You're, you don't, but you don't hate it the way that your own uh, like Family Guy I hate. fucking hate Family Guy okay, so yeah. much. So like, I, I can understand that. Like yeah. I don't hate Family Guy, but I definitely understand why, because they haven't been funny in six seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should have been canceled after the first cancellation. Yeah. But, you no. know, that's fine. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but South-, uh, South Park, I get why it's still going. Yeah. I get the commentary. Yeah. The humor is just like past me at this point. All right. Yeah. They uh they 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 they're on like social commentary like the past like four or five years they've been on mm-hmm. and they they have a new video game coming out and what our games are fantastic. Have, have you seen the new one? Uh, no, I've seen Stick of Truth. That's the only Stick one of Truth played. was dope. Yeah, they yeah. had one before that one that was good too. Um, but this one right here is, is about to come out and the, your character is so you know how you can go on easy. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So if you go on easy mode, then your character is white and it's the palest <laughs> uh, character ever. And the further harder you go on the difficulty mode, then the darker your character becomes. <laughs> so if you put it on the hardest difficulty, then your character is dark, dark skin. You know, and then they say within the game that it doesn't change it doesn't affect like the gameplay so much. It just affects everything in your entire life. So if, if it's if it's more difficult and you're black, then you're gonna make less money. People are gonna interact with you in a different way. Right. You know, it's, it's I, I can't that's wait to play that game. That's fucking amazing. Yes. Uh, that's one of those like headlines that I, I saw on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I just read the headline and I go like that's all I need. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's I, I like the games. The games are really fun. Yeah. Uh the, see that is uh but that's Wednesday, September the 13th, South Park on Comedy Central, 10 p.m. Uh, next thing is going to be Thursday, September the 14th, Better Things. Uh, so a comedy on FX at 10 p.m. Uh, the critically acclaimed Pamela, uh, Pamela Aldon starring comedy returns for a second season that sees Aldon directing every one of the 10 episodes. Good oh, for shit. you. Uh, she got put on by, uh, uh, you'll know her from, uh, you've seen a few episodes of uh, Californication. Yeah. The, um, the wife, the dark-haired brunette. Oh, really? That's her. Yeah. Nice. 
Yeah, she um, she got popular early on because of Louis C.K. on a show called uh, Lucky Louis on HBO. I never watched Lucky Louis, but I remember she Lucky was on Louis. she was on there. She was on a Louis C.K. Uh, Louis C.K. show Louis uh, for like five or six episodes. She was on there for, but uh, she is she's awesome. I like that she's taking control of her show, directing all her show. She's writing on the show, like taking power for herself. God damn, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Get the, that ass, Avila. Hell yeah. Uh, the next thing is going to be uh, Friday, September the 15th, American Vandal. Have you heard uh, about this? I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a comedy on Netflix. It says the, uh, the eight-episode satire investigates the troubled high school senior's involvement in a shocking the, the, incident. The dick, the, the dick mockumentary. Yeah. Where was, they sp- I'm sorry. Yeah. So your thunder. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> involving in just a, cut me out and say it in, in a uh, in a shocking incident at, at his school the drawing of phallic images on 27 faculty cars that's hilarious so yes dicks I, uh, <laughs> we're dicks I saw that trailer on Facebook yeah and I thought it was just someone taking the piss yeah like I thought it was just a fake trailer yeah cause it looks so ridiculous mm-hmm. and I was just like there's no way someone made that I put this on here specifically for you <laughs> that's I'll, I'll, fucking like, I, I love that I love that trailer mm. so I'm absolutely gonna check that shit out yeah. cause there's something there's like two things that I love the most mm. it's like dramatized documentaries which mm. is why I watch a lot of like forensic files and all that bullshit yeah. and then just like good cinematography okay <laughs> it's like and, and it's just this is both of them it, 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 the only thing like <laughs> so I, it's, it's hard it's difficult for me to watch like some of the more juvenile things mm. from like, uh, like my sophomore uh, life style from from back in the day so it's like what's the, the like i understand how funny um what's the seth rogan movie the very first one that he did with dicks everywhere super bad super bad it's hard for me to watch a movie like super bad or um the movie that you really liked um swiss army man mm-hmm. or, or this right here just because of the type of humor that is going for right. it's very juvenile but it's like it is good it's good mm-hmm. those are very good movies like i can't say super bad isn't good because Everybody knows that it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, same thing with Swiss Army Man. It's like it's a good movie. I got, you know? I got spermicided lube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just the, the the brand of humor is just it's a little too lowbrow for me. But um, but I can understand. I mean, I like the Three Stooges, so I, I like lowbrow. But it's just different, I guess. I don't know. McLovin, what the fuck name is McLovin? <laughs> oh goodness. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, American Vandal. I'm actually like super interested yeah. in that. Yeah, I love I love shows that like take a formula mm-hmm. and make fun of a formula. Yeah, that, and, yeah. and that's exactly what that's that exactly is. what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next thing is going to be same day Friday, September the fifteenth. Uh, First, they killed my mother. It's a foreign drama on Netflix. It's uh, Angelina Jolie is directing this movie uh, about a young Cambodian girl. I not know Angelina Jolie had a directing. This is her first directing first thing? debut. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and uh, they've thrown a lot of money at Angelina Jolie to make this foreign film about a Cambodian girl who survives. Did Netflix throw the money at her. Yes, Netflix threw that money at her. And uh, it's it's filmed on location in Cambodia. Uh, she has a. Um, a Cambodian son named Maddox mm-hmm. between her and um, her and Brad Pitt right. they, they adopted. So I'm, I'm guessing that she must have had spent a lot of time in Cambodia, you know, because of her son, and she was inspired to make a movie. Yeah. You now, so I mean, I'm hoping there's a lot of truth and and passion in this movie. But uh, if it's good, somebody tell me because I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, at this point, like I'm worried about Netflix throwing money at things. I sent you, I sent you a link yeah. like last week. I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to happen, bro. It's happening. Um, the downfall of Netflix. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is going to be Sunday, September the 15th, the 69th Primetime Emmy Awards. It's going to be at 8 p.m. on CBS, hosted by Stephen Colbert. I focus Stephen Colbert. See, I, I was going to be like, I don't care about this. You don't but watch then you TV, said though. Stephen Colbert. Like, and I was just like, ah, like, makes sense. Why would you watch an award show for something that you don't care about? Just <laughs> Stephen Colbert, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, the host really is what makes, wakes or breaks whether I watch an award show or not. Okay. Well, I, mean, for, for, I, mean, I mean, for movies, I can understand. Mm-hmm. But like, for television, like, you watch, like, two television shows, and no, they, neither one of those are probably going to be nominated for an Emmy. Nah. So it's like, why well, watch a show about Didn't stuff. Game of Thrones win, like, 700 Emmys at one yeah. point, like, seven years in a row? It wins almost every year. It didn't win last year because of uh, the crown one thankfully the crown was really good uh but yeah i mean it wins a lot of years yeah nice. but i mean there's a lot of awards so i mean i mean yeah no i, I get it i'm not gonna watch it but no. Stephen colbert yeah. <laughs> I, I, I fuck with Stephen. yeah sorry. uh the next show and the last show is gonna be uh vice principles um <laughs> i'm not gonna lie this? you said that and for a second i was like you don't know my life oh i'm fucking Wait, but, you, but, but, but you but absolutely I do. do i kind of do yeah i, I just got the, i got defensive in my head like, how the fuck are you gonna tell me I that i don't like, watch yeah. television this fucking asshole maybe i do watch television I'm like no you've, you don't know what to do in secret on a number of times you've told me that this yeah. is not your bag <laughs> 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 you know <laughs> just a testament to how fucking stupid my brain is sometimes 
You don't watch television. What the fuck do you know about me? Yeah. You don't know me. Yeah, tell me what you I do. I, don't I, do. I, what is this? Why am I being judged right now? And it's just like, oh, that's why. Because I literally said it. Because you don't as you The last show was uh, Vice Principals. It's uh, on HBO at 10.30 p.m. on that same Sunday. Is uh, if you if you like Eastbound and Down or if you like Danny McBride, you know Danny mm. McBride. If you if you like either of those things, then Vice Principals is the shit. But um, I don't watch the show. But um, Danny McBride is great. Nice. Yeah, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. All right. And uh, speedy through this, we have movies for this week. The first movie is Brad Status. It's rated R, 101-minute runtime. It's a comedy. Uh, father takes his son to tour on the East Coast and meets up with an old friend who makes him feel inferior about his life choices. That uh, is the one movie that I want Brad Pitt to be in right now. Ben Stiller is in this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would you want Brad Pitt to be in this? Brad oh, Brad status. status. Oh, yeah. get the fuck it's out just, of here. It's just, it, would, it would make me happy if Brad Pitt was in those would, credits. Would you settle for Bradley Cooper? I, I would settle for Cooper. All right. Yeah. All right. I would settle for Cooper. <laughs> it was uh, Jenna Fisher, uh, Michael Sheen, and Ben Stiller star in this comedy. Nice. Jenna Fisher's great. Yes. I fucks with her. Uh, next thing is going to be American Assassin. It's rated R, 111-minute runtime, listed as an action thriller. Uh, the rundown is a story centered on counterterrorism, Agent Mitch Rapp. I immediately don't care. Uh, Michael Cuesta is the director. It stars Michael Keaton, Sanaya Lathan. Mm. Yep, that's, it's, it's a movie. Yeah. Uh, the next <laughs> thing is uh, Mother, exclamation mark, Mother. Yep. Um, it's rated R, 121-minute runtime, listed as a drama horror mystery thr- thriller. Uh, a couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. Uh, who directed this? Uh, Darren Aronofsky. Da- Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Yeah, he did Black Swan. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm excited for the- this movie got booed at the Finns Film Festival. It- I'm sorry. Is this the same Javier that you were telling me about earlier? Yeah, Javier Bardem. Bardem. Okay, yeah. 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 Like, I'm, uh, I'm excited about this movie. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, uh, Ed Harris, and Michelle Pfeiffer are all in this movie. Wait, wait. Say- Say, say Javier's name again. Javier Bardem. Okay, cool. <laughs> it sounded like you said Bardem, and I was just like, wait, what the fuck? I, t- I uh, took six years of Spanish. <laughs> 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 I can say hola Fucking and <laughs> adios. <laughs> Donde esta la biblioteca? <laughs> <laughs> y el baño? <laughs> baño? Yeah, I don't know about <laughs> bathrooms and libraries and <laughs> pants and cats and all kinds of different Spanish things. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's it for, uh, for I'm excited movies. for that movie. It got it got booed at Finn's Film Festival because mm. uh, of like uh, I think people found it a little too shocking for the sake of being shocking. Mm. But it's got an 83 percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it kind of fucked that audience until I watch it. I, I, I'm curious about the movie at this point. Yeah. Uh, that's it for today's episode. Uh, we're gonna cut and then uh, I, don't, I don't know. Fucking you know you know the deal. Yeah. Twitter at underscore FFS podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, SoundCloud iTunes podcast app, Google Play Music, and Stitcher under the name for film's sake to find the podcast. And then my personal Twitter handle is at Brown Archidia. And I'm at T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. And that's it for today. Hey. So see you guys next episode. Doo-doo.